Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got a great story of compliance against somebody that made OP wait forever. But first, a story from lulls and distractions. It's the most important thing to do. Many moons ago, when I was a younger lad, I started a new job. The place was a combination of retail and warehouse work. I'm the new guy, so all the crap jobs go to me, which is fine, including going around and emptying the garbage and recycling bins every morning. One morning, midway through my garbage rounds, I got pulled away by a customer that needed help. The help went long, and I totally forgot to finish the garbage. My bad. A coworker approaches me, totally not my boss, just been there longer than anyone else, and felt it her duty to manage everyone. I don't get a reminder to finish the garbages, I get a 5-10 to minute lecture on how garbages are the most important thing to do in the mornings. Everything else is secondary until you get that done. Seems ridiculous to me, but I was new, so I just smiled and nodded. As luck would have it, several days later, I was in the middle of my garbage rounds once again, and the same coworker approached me in a terrible hurry. I don't remember exactly why, but they needed help moving a bunch of boxes as someone was on the way to pick them up, and she needed me to drop what I was doing and help her. It was a perfect moment. I gave her a smile and said, Sorry, I can't help you right now. I'm doing the garbages and garbages are the most important thing in the mornings. She gave me a blank look and then stalked off. In a perfect world, I would end it with, and she never bothered me again. Sadly, that was not the case. If you were working a new job and somebody who's been working there for a while but isn't your direct manager comes up to you and starts trying to give you pointers and kind of direct you onto what you should prioritize with your job... Would you just take that advice and start following it? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is from Niders. Only flags of participating countries during IIHF 2022. A group of Czech fans at the game with Latvia did not like it when the organizers at the Tampere Hockey Arena tore down the Ukrainian yellow-blue flag placed between the Czech flags. And the organizers added a diplomatic explanation that only the flags of the participating countries can hang in the arenas. So they chose a very ingenious solution for Monday's game with the USA. During the day, they created English inscriptions on a white poster indicating blue on top and yellow on the bottom. In the middle, there's a distinctive inscription, Imagine. It's a pretty good malicious compliance. Basically, instead of flying the Ukrainian flag in between the two Czech flags, it's a blank white rectangle with blue color literally written out, imagine in the middle, and yellow color on the bottom. Like the biggest middle finger to the organizers who said you can't fly the flag there. Our next story is from Big City Hillbilly. The ancient Greek fabulous Aesop should be the mascot of r slash malicious compliance. From the life of Aesop, a fictional biography of Aesop, of Aesop's fables fame, and his master, the philosopher Xanthus. The next day, Xanthus sent out invitations to the students who had entertained him at dinner and said to Aesop, I've invited my friends to dinner. Go cook the best, the finest thing imaginable. 
Aesop said to himself, I'll show him not to give me stupid orders. So he went to the butcher shop and bought the tongues of the pigs that had been slaughtered. When he came back, he prepared them all, boiling some, roasting some, and spicing some. At the appointed hour, the guests arrived. Xanthus said, Aesop, give us something to eat. Aesop brought each a boiled tongue and served hot sauce with it. The student said, Ha, Xanthus, even your dinner is fraught with philosophy. You never do anything that isn't carefully worked out. At the very beginning of the dinner were served tongues. After they had two or three drinks, Xanthus said, Aesop, give us something to eat. Again, Aesop served each a roast tongue with salt and pepper. The student said, Wonderful, professor, excellent, by the muses. Every tongue is sharpened by fire, and best of all by salt and pepper, for the salt combines with the sharpness of the tongue to give it a glib and biting effect. After they had drunk again, Xanthus said for the third time, Bring us food. Aesop brought each of them a spiced tongue. One student said to another, Democritus, I'm getting tongue-tied eating tongues. Another student said, Is there nothing else to eat? Whatever Aesop has a hand in will come to no good end. When the students tried to eat the spiced tongues, they were seized with nausea. Xanthus said, Aesop, give us each a bowl of soup. Aesop served them tongue broth. The students didn't even touch this but said, This is Aesop's master stroke. We admit defeat by tongue. Xanthus said, Aesop, do we have anything else? Aesop said, We have nothing else. Xanthus said, Nothing else, darn you? Didn't I tell you, by the finest, the most delicious thing imaginable? Aesop said, I'm glad you find fault with me in the presence of scholarly gentlemen. You told me, by the finest, the most delicious, the greatest thing imaginable. Well, what can one imagine finer or greater than the tongue? You must observe that all philosophy, all education, depends on the tongue. Without the tongue, nothing gets done, neither giving nor receiving nor buying. By means of the tongue, states are reformed and ordinances and laws laid down. If then, all life is ordered by the tongue, nothing is greater than the tongue. The student said, yes, well put by the muses. It was your mistake, professor. They went home, and all night long they suffered from seizures of diarrhea. The next day, the students took Xanthus to task. Xanthus said, gentlemen and scholars, it was not my fault. It was the fault of that worthless slave. But tomorrow I'll repay you your dinner, and I'll give him his orders in your presence. Then and there he called Aesop and said to him, Since you are determined to turn my words around, go to the market and buy the most worthless, the most inferior thing there is. When Aesop heard this, nothing daunted, he went to the butcher, and again he bought the tongues of all the pigs that had been butchered. Then he went back and prepared them for dinner. Xanthus came home with his students, and they took their places at the table. After they had the first drink, he said, Aesop, give us something to eat. Aesop served each a pickled tongue and hot sauce. The students said, What's this, tongues again? Xanthus turned pale. The students said, Maybe he wants the vinegar to help our stomachs recover from yesterday's diarrhea. After they had another drink or two, Xanthus said, Give us something to eat. Aesop served each of them a roast tongue. The students said, Bah, what's this? Our dunderhead of yesterday is trying to make us sick again with his tongues. Xanthus said, What? Again, you filthy villain? Why did you buy these? Didn't I tell you? Go to the market, and if you can find anything inferior, anything worthless, buy it? Aesop said, 
And what is there that is bad, which does not come about through the tongue? It is because of the tongue that there are enmity, plots, battles, rivalry, strife, wars. Is it not then true that there is nothing worse than this most abominable tongue? The narrative then transitions to another episode, but there's a lot more where this came from. I can't lie, there's something about this story that made me read it a little more theatrically than usual. I've gotta say, in all the time I've spent reading these stories, I never once thought that I would be quoting or reading any kind of Aesop-related story in an r slash malicious compliance story. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every video has awesome stories, like our next story from Happy Days Are Here 32, Can't Wake Up Grandpa? Okay, I'll get someone else to wake him up. This happened this week, just a cute little malicious compliance. We have a 4 year old daughter and a 2 year old son, my father in law also lives with us. Lately the kids have been getting up earlier and earlier and will go and knock on their grandpa's door and wake him up, as they know he's a soft touch and will often get up and make them breakfast. He put his foot down when our daughter started waking him up before 6am. Two nights ago, my husband told our daughter, do not wake grandpa up in the morning. Last two mornings, father-in-law's heard and we've played it back on the monitors. Daughter goes into son's room, wakes him up and says, son's name, go and wake up grandpa. I think OP's got a smart one on their hands there. Four years old and already not only applying some good malicious compliance, but also getting some middlemen to do the dirty work for them. If I was the parent, I'd be laughing, but I'd also be kind of proud. Our next story is from Dr. Amazing. I don't want to see your name on this list again. This story didn't personally happen to me, but it was told by someone I trust. I fully believe it to be true, but some details are slightly altered to protect privacy. A friend of mine's retired now, but back in the day, he did internal audits for a large bank. This story takes place about 30 years ago when networked computers were less common and paperwork tended to be compiled manually. Bank managers had to submit various reports to their regional offices showing what their branches were up to, and the regional offices would occasionally send out auditors to go through the records and make sure everything was in compliance. One report that had to be filed monthly was a list of any employees who were in arrears on their own loans. Employees who had trouble managing their own credit were considered to be more at risk of stealing, fraud, or other financial crimes. So I guess the bank wanted to keep track of anyone who may fall into that category. My friend's team is doing an audit at a particular branch, going through the records and looking for any discrepancies. They find a big one. The manager of this branch had been behind on a number of loans he held with the bank, but had been leaving his own name off the report. More records are pulled, and they start looking at everything this guy has ever filed and comparing it to other records. The manager had started doing everything correctly, including himself on the report fairly regularly. At a point about 10 years previous, it suddenly stops despite the spotty loan repayment continuing for years. Bosses of bosses are called. It's looking like they may have stumbled on years of falsified records and possibly more serious fraud. The manager is definitely getting fired and depending on what else they find, looking at some serious criminal charges. Finally, they call the manager in to show what they found and ask for an explanation. The manager produces a letter from someone higher up in the bank. Basically, when he started, the manager was just a little too free with his spending and didn't make his monthly loan payments a top priority. 
His boss wrote a letter saying that having the manager of a bank branch at the top of a list of unpaid loans was an embarrassment. If he wanted to keep his job, he better make sure that his name never appeared on that report again. He was supposed to sort out his financial affairs, but the manager said he interpreted the instruction literally and simply stopped including his own name. It took years before anyone noticed. In the end, the investigation found no other signs of record tampering or financial crime. No one really believed that he actually thought what he was doing was allowed, but the whole thing was just ambiguous enough to give plausible deniability. By the point everything was discovered, the manager had his finances in good order, and he was pretty close to retirement. The whole thing was just sort of waved away as being more trouble than it was worth to deal with, and the manager didn't see any real repercussions. As long as they didn't find anything else that this guy did wrong, and really it's a no harm no foul thing besides, you know, hiding that information all those years, probably isn't worth all the red tape they'd have to climb through to really have anything serious done about this. And our final story of the day is from Sudden Pineapple 821 you want me to wait to check in? Fine, now you have to wait on your trailers. I'm a truck driver by trade. I work for a large, popular shipping company, and more often than not, I haul two trailers at one time. I don't actually haul long distance, but I have a ton of respect for those that do, especially owner-operators. I only drive about 15 miles at a time, and they call me a shuttle driver. The specific satellite location I work for calls me their shuttle queen just because I'm one of the fastest shuttle drivers they have. Due to this, I get all the hots and super hots. This is the stuff that you pay extra for overnight shipping and such. I might not drive 500 miles a day, but I move 20 trailers a night on average. Recently, my company changed their dispatch system for the millionth time since going paperless with the pandemic. The system is glitchy, slow, and often the dispatchers don't even see a check-in. This causes us to slow down and we get pretty grumpy. The only nice thing is we can access the GPS location on the trailers we've been assigned to, so long as it's not glitching. For context, the satellite location only has 20 doors or so and a very small yard that wraps around the building. The main hub has well over 100 doors and the yard is massive. Without GPS, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. It doesn't help that people leave trailers everywhere, making the yard even worse to drive around in. Most of us will park right outside the gate and check in, or while waiting in line to get through the gate. This also tends to save a few minutes, so we get a load right away, rather than waiting for the very, very slow dispatch. Keep in mind that there are yard jockeys, people who move trailers around but never leave the yard. The people at the hub, for whatever reason, like to call me out directly. They don't even call me, they call my boss, like the cowards they are, to complain about me doing the exact same thing that everyone else does. They said if I don't do it the way they want it, they won't even assign me loads, which means I make no money. They never say anything right away either, but wait until I've been doing something wrong for a few weeks first. They've been doing this crap since I got pregnant, to the point where they tried to fire me rather than accommodating my very reasonable request for lighter duty work. I had to threaten a lawsuit. Anyway, it's very important that I turn and burn early in the night due to having back-to-back hot-slash-super-hot trailers that need to be moved. Keep in mind that it doesn't really affect my bottom line to wait an extra few minutes, but it can create a snowball effect down the line if these trailers are even so much as 5 minutes behind schedule. Rather than doing it before getting in the gate, 
They want me to wait until I've found a spot for the trailers and then check in. Prior to doing this, the yard jockeys would see my check-in and meet me right inside the gate and take my trailer right away. Saved everyone time and headache this way. This is where I get petty, and a little bit of malicious compliance comes in. If you've ever worked with truckers, you'd know we get petty in a hurry. Now instead of letting the switchers find me right at the gate, I go all the way to the other end of the yard and drop the trailers in the most annoying spot as I can find especially if it's close to a dolly that the yard jockeys are not allowed to touch. I also just let the GPS check my trailers in now, which takes an extra 10 minutes sometimes. Fine by me. I'll close my eyes for 10 minutes versus running myself too hard. Normally, I'm in a big hurry to get moved away from my trailers too, and now if they're waiting on my trailers, they can also wait 30 seconds for me to finish my paperwork too. I'm sure I'll get a complaint here soon, but hey, I'm not checking in outside the gate, right? Definitely what they're doing doesn't make as much sense as a process that just lets everybody move on faster and with less stress and less headaches, but hey, if they're going to make you sit there and wait, I see no problem with OP making them sit there and wait just a little bit more in return. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to see another malicious compliance story that was even more insane than the ones in this video, click on that left video, or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time for some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.